Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another tonic discussion. And just before hitting the record button, we were talking about uh, Peter Singer, the famous utilitarian utilitarianist, <laughs> utilitarian uh, philosopher, who recently uh, made headlines uh, with a paper. I, I guess it wasn't his paper, um, but like a paper in his journal or something like that. Um, where someone um, defended bestiality, basically having sex with animals. And uh, it's kind of interesting because there's basically, you know, in, in that kind of utilitarian thinking, that's that's where it leads, right? If you if you think in terms of uh, maximizing well-being or you know, some abstract uh, concept like that, um, then you start thinking, well, you know, I mean, if people have fun, you know, like uh, having sex with animals, I mean, what what's the big deal right and uh and so that's kind of like that um schizo abstract thought um stripped of all context and of all depth and of all connection to like real experience um that leads to this sort of things and uh yeah and this also opens the question you know as to differences between humans and animals uh like are we like the same um morally or in terms of our like moral worth moral value uh is is there like a, a just a difference in degree between say a, a a sheep and and a human or is it like a different in difference in kind that sort of thing and there seems to be a tendency these days to um kind of like um level the playing field so to say and and claim that yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, a human is just another animal, right? And and therefore, um, animals and and humans, there, there's not really like a big difference in terms of their uh, moral worth. And you you get like um, some of these extremes in the uh, animal rights movement, where basically, you know, they talk about murder if you if you kill an animal and things like that, and con totally conflate the two spheres. Um, nonetheless, it's it's obviously an interesting question, uh, what to make of all that, and just to open open the discussion. Um, to my mind, uh, it's like there's no question that just you know when when you look at what's going on that uh, there's a there's a fundamental difference between humanity and the animal kingdom, right? It's not just uh, you know like another animal maybe with a few different features you know um uh, but there's a there's real difference in kind and usually people uh, or say it's the the language our ability for language for communicating that that is the biggest difference but that's i would say um only part of it or like a, one of the major expressions of of the difference but there's obviously like uh a totally different world that we inhabit as human beings um capable of of thought of abstract thought of uh, long term planning of uh, um yeah we have a totally there, there's a whole different world that is open to us as humans um that is not open to animals right um and uh, we can basically um mess things up even more than animals but we can potentially be also um have a much greater experience and a much um, greater moral worth as well. So I think humans have these two kinds of extremes. We can be much more brutal than any animal could ever be, but we could uh, can also be much uh, better and I would say closer to to the divine um, in a sense than than an animal can be. Um, yeah. So with that being said, uh, sex with animals, difference between humans and animals. Um, what do you guys think? I, I I'm going to go on the record as saying having sex with animals is is wrong. You probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, doing that you have you have problems. Uh, <laughs> and probably should not be allowed around animals. <laughs> it's a spicy and, um, take, John. Yeah, I know. It's very controversial. I know, <laughs> but like, you know, like just to I don't know, I'll say, but not devil's advocate, but. There is history there, you know, like Rumi, uh, the Persian poet, had uh, one of his like, you know, many sort of racy, salacious stories involved this, um, this aristocratic woman who was watching her serving lady getting railed by a donkey, and she kept getting more and more curious about it. Uh, 
So that one day she goes into the stable and the dog donkey's like giant member splits her in half and the serving lady like finds her dead on the floor and she kind of shakes her head. It's like, oh, you know, you shouldn't have been too embarrassed to ask how I did it. If you'd asked me, I would have told you you have to put a gourd on the end of its penis in order to keep it from going all the way in. The, the moral of the story being, if you don't know how to do something, ask it. Yes. So like, <laughs> people have been joking about this kind of thing for a long time. Um, yeah, I just thought that was a funny story, but uh, Jesus, I don't <laughs> Rumi, man. <laughs> what can I say? You know, like, <laughs> what a you such a perv. Um, but uh, no, I, mean, I don't know. I, I sort of, I, I think there is a degree in kind, difference in, in kind between humans and animals at the same time there's something of a continuum there, right? I mean, like, I'd have a hard time accepting that the the moral value of a termite is equivalent to a dog. For example, you know, a, a dog is, okay, like Mark sort of said before that we were starting recording, he was like, you know, it can't communicate its internal state, but, you know, it kind of can. Like, it's got facial expressions and it can read human emotions uh very effectively and will respond to them and so on um right, and right. I, I mean to be fair I, I i was cut off because i was going to say that you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I, what yeah. i meant by internal state was like the same sort of state that a human can in the sense that we can imagine the future yeah, I mean, a, a dog, in a yeah, way a dog, that an animal dog, cannot it can't imagine future states so much um no, it but does. we can it certainly does. i agree with you that we could certainly read you know, a dog, to a dog some extent, lives, what's lives, on an animal's mind. Yeah, it lives like much more in like the present than it does like you know in. It has a very different relationship with time, obviously, which le leads to a very different relationship to like morality. But you know, like a dog will still like you know protect its owner. It'll still you know be tender with uh, with children uh, or its own puppies or what have you. Um, and you know, if I see someone like abusing a dog i will get really angry about that if i see someone step on a term i i i, I won't really feel anything you know yeah i i mean like it's sort of like just to bring it back real quick to the subject of sex with animals i was thinking of, I, you know just before we hit record i was like wait a minute the ayatollah khomeini had something to say about this i recall in the little blue book that he released he had something interesting to say about it and i found the quote and the quote is, a man can have sex with animals such as sheep, cows, camels, and so on. However, he should kill the animal after he has his orgasm. He should not sell the meat to people in his village, but selling the meat to a neighbor, neighboring village is reasonable. Now, let's consider this. What? Because I think what, <laughs> that's an actual quote, yeah. From the little blue book, or I think it was called the Green Book in some it was like after the it was after the revolution, post-revolution, was a very popular book. I mean, like first, um, like, who puts that much who puts, who puts that much thought of that level of detail into this question? And, and the second, like how do you the conclusions? Yeah, you I, can <laughs> yeah, right, right. Just, so meat is so meat there, isn't good so enough for your own village, but it might be good <laughs> enough for the next village, depending upon that village, I suppose. <laughs> You're so, so it's sort of like like mutton is, is perfectly okay to sell to lunch. <laughs> right. And I'm not saying, and by the way, this isn't an assault on Islam or anything like that. It may be, though, a, a, an assault on Khomeini and sort of like the modern forms, or I'd say even postmodern forms, because really, like, if we're talking about the, the revolution, we're talking about a fully postmodern uh, version of Islam. And that, of course, that postmodernism has affected all religions, I think. And all real, really all philosophies, all, you know, uh, materialist, secular, whatever. But what I think is interesting about that is that it made me think of like a million years ago, I took a class on um, artificial intelligence. And the very first thing that we studied before we studied anything else was Descartes' theory of automata. And I don't know if anyone's familiar with it, but it's just sort of like it, it, it reminds me that all bad theories are born in the enlightenment essentially because what what um what Descartes was getting at with his theory of automata was he was essentially he he was he was implying two things he was saying that okay so man can have all of these interiors, interior states of analysis 
and 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 the potential um, for new things. And that, in a sense, like when we were looking at an animal, what we were seeing was the other part of man, which is more automatic. So it's like sort of like we breathe automatically. Uh, we we want like you know uh, we we're hungry automatically. Uh, there are all these sort of complex processes that are going on in our bodies that we're unaware of. And so what he was saying when he's looking at animals, it's like, well, that's that's what an animal is. An animal is all of those automated processes minus the human one. And the human one being the one, I guess, that is sort of like the, you could say it's the conscious will. You could say that it is, it is um, the analytical process. In other words, he was just saying, he's saying like, okay, so animals are us up until a point, but that point ends at consciousness. Um, and like, I think that if you run the line straight to Khomeini, you will see the same sort of idea, like just kind of being passed along, that animals are not just not us, but that they are essentially only objects for use. And and then And then, of course, we run into the problem now where we have like, you know, like almost, you know, surreal dickheads like Pete, who are like just saying, who are taking the next um, logical step and saying like they're th that human beings are also automata to some degree. That human beings ourselves, like it, it, did, it didn't go, the wave didn't go the other way. Like the, it, we eventually ended in the territory that we were doomed to from the theory of automata, which essentially was deconstructive, was breaking things down into individual processes rather than kind of gathering all the evidence and, and constructing it and putting you know, putting the dots together, so to speak, into like what consciousness was and like what it meant to be a living creature. Um, and so instead you have these weird theories like that are that are just kind of like spread around that I think nobody believes in because we have a sense of things that's beyond any sort of domain of knowledge. Like we already know that like, yeah, no, a goat isn't the same as a man, but like a goat is also like not, um, is not a machine, you know what I mean? And it's just sort of like, so, so again, like you have like this, this kind of spiraling out of control, um, sort of pseudo philosophy that was always going to end in, well, everything's a machine. So everything's suitable for every use, but maybe sell it to the, your neighboring village. Don't, don't contain it within your own sphere. Um, you know, now, now we've discarded the idea of neighboring villages too. And I think below that is just kind of a bottomless pit. And, and I think that that's what we're experiencing now. Yeah. I mean, so, so long as we're talking about, uh, the, the Ayatollah's, uh, fatwa regarding goat sex and meat sales, what does the FDA have to say on the subject? What is, what is the allowable <laughs> percentage of, uh, meat, meat packing semen plants, and goat uh, meat? steam in, in, uh, in in ground beef, you know, <laughs> they've got top so, men working on it. So no, well, so you were John. You... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Grant Grant leaves right now. He's just like I don't need to bow. <laughs> yeah, he, he want, he's going to bow out from this. <laughs> so, John, you earlier you mentioned the word like schizoautistic. I think about this kind of philosophy. So, so the philosophies have have. Um, I think most. I think you can to, to simplify the problem with a lot of these philosophies. It's is that they take an, an a vastly kind of overly simplistic um, view of nature in general and uh, and human nature in particular, and and so there's kind of a flattening that happens. So you. So I think this is kind of. I think this is what Mark was getting at with like Descartes. So Descartes kind of split nature into two, and the progression of of philosophy and uh, and thought since then has been like oh well the the part that was actually human has has like oh well we can't rationally and logically justify that part and so we're left with just the automaton just the automata right and, and the human so, part kind of gets like it shrinks and yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's gotten smaller and smaller over time nothing. right like, so now we're now we're just all automatons but um so there seems to be kind of two equally schizoautistic but at odds views of views of this topic and so the the one would be if you look at like the the pita people it's like everything is equal everything's the same and everything has equal value <clears throat> so killing an animal is murder and animals including cockroaches are on the on the same 
uh, the same plane as as humanity. And then you've got the opposite but equally flat notion that that human value and human life is is the only thing with value and that everything else like in the animal kingdom is totally devoid of value so that we so that we see we might see humans as uh as as special and, but that the animal world and and nature in general has zero value except as a utilitarian thing to be to be used and and exploited in some degree so so I think that I think that both are wrong, but that um, but that it's the the goal should be kind of to avoid those extremes and to avoid avoid those extreme oversimplifications of nature because like like you're saying, John, when you see someone beating it like beating a dog for no reason or for just the reason of beating a dog, then that in any kind of like functioning human that activates some kind of moral sense like no that you know. I, I want to I want to beat that person, right? Like there's the the influence or the the impulse to to stop that person and to punish him from from doing something that's reprehensible. So there's uh, like if we if we look at the like killing animals, there it's there's a similar question in in terms of like killing humans. Like what's the difference between what we would say like a killing or a justifiable killing and murder? Like the every every human culture seems to make some kind of distinction on that, like a justified versus an unjustified killing of another human being, and it seems like the that sh that probably applies to to animals as well. The 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 rules that we function by might be like different. The 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 the, the categories and the the criteria that we that we apply to such situations will be different, but the same the same general rule applies in that there are circumstances where killing an animal would be justified and where it where it's where where it's seen as some kind of like pathological deviation from from normal the, the normal expression of of a of a human and so and we have natural we have a natural aversion to that type of thing like if you look at um uh, well not just serial killers but uh like psychopaths in general they tend to abuse and kill animals as as children and in a very sadistic way it's like just uh maybe just because they they like it they're curious and they'll you know the the family will buy puppies and the puppies will mysteriously die and disappear cats in the neighborhood will <laughs> will be killed um was it um i think it was Dahmer who was the guy that with the glasses that uh that was Jeffrey kind of Dahmer weird was that Dahmer? The guy who yeah, ate and, people? And, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. But there's, because I'm pretty sure it was him, but I'm, I'm thinking of the, the comic book. Um, what was the name of the comic book? It was made into a movie, but there was this guy um, who went to school with, I believe it was Dahmer, in, in like high school. And so he wrote this comic book about growing up in high school with Dahmer and how, you know, they had no idea. They knew he was kind of weird. They made fun of him, um, but they, they kind of hung out with him because he was so weird. They thought he was kind of like... Uh, um, just a, a funny guy to to hang out with and make fun of just because he was so weird. But you know, he'd go out to his shed and 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 I, I think his dad even found in the shed all these body parts that he'd preserved from animals. So he'd go out there just to experiment and kill different types of animals. And uh, but it like it was a pathological expression of of killing animals. Like it wasn't the way that humans ordinarily and have ordinarily killed animals for you know our entire history. There was something weird about it. Um, so all that is just to say that I think that the to reconcile the like to to avoid either of those extremes is to impart some kind of value to animals, like it like on a scale, um, but not not the not to the same degree as as with humans. But then there's the then there's a question because this is one that I'm torn over um, because like Luke asked at in the introduction is there a, is it just a difference of degree or is it a difference in kind now i would like immediately in my mind i would say well it's a difference in kind you know um that humans in general are on a different level than animals but at the same time i'm torn because i can think is there ever a case where a particular animal might have 
more value than a particular human. I'm not speaking in terms of like all humans or, you know, or even groups of humans, but a single human. So basically what I'm no asking trouble. is- I have no trouble answering that in the affirmative. You know, right. like- Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah too. You know, like, like, you know, if I Hillary have like- Clinton. If, if, <laughs> right. Like if it's a choice between Jeffrey Dahmer and my dog, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm right. choosing my dog. You know, like that's not, and I'm not going to hesitate on that, you know? Um, so does so so is it like so well in the terms of like uh degree and kind is it is it the case of overlapping kinds you know and and the, where the degrees kind of morph at some at some point and overlap at some point like how how do we how do you conceptualize that like in a in a more kind of general framework well, you say it's, that it's, the... it's 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 a matter of looking at the relationships i think as like the key element rather than the entity in some kind of like isolated sense, right? So like, you know, someone else's dog, I'm I'm not going to like value that dog over sort of like a random human, right? But like mm -hmm. my dog, I probably will put a higher value on that than I would on like some random human on the other side of the planet that I've never met. You know? But what about Jeffrey Dahmer in particular? So would you value another person's dog over Jeffrey Dahmer, like I probably would. Yeah, well, yeah. I would yeah, say no. you know there is like a question of like moral culpability, where you wouldn't assign that with a dog. Like if a dog does kill somebody, you know, maybe the dogs or whatever you call it, just like a vicious dog and attacks a kid. You know, you would say put the dog down. Yeah. But you, right. wouldn't, you wouldn't think like oh, this we're is talking about evil abstractions dog. though. And uh, unless it was your kid, maybe then you'd take revenge on the dog. But if it was like. <laughs> Just a random, you know, thing where the dog attacks a kid, and you just euthanize the dog. But with like yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer, there's this yeah. idea: this is a huge, this is a bad person. Like he went bad and did these terrible things. It's like yeah, but, but, I mean, to, and so he sunk. He placed himself to, below to my mind, the level of a my, dog by doing to, to that. My, to my mind, like the 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 end result though is actually it, it leads to the same place. You know, it's like what, what do you do with a Jeffrey Dahmer when you find him? Yeah, but the uh, thing is, uh, I think I say, still... like, you, know, you kill him, like you just you put him out of his misery, and like you know, like you would a, a mad dog. Like, yeah, but but I think that there's still a uh, like we apply different criteria, right, to humans. Um, I think uh, I wanted actually to make the same point as Daniel just did, because the thing is, you know, um, if a human. Um, just uh goes you know does something like really stupid or horrible or whatever um we won't like uh say okay just kill the guy you know like on the spot right with a with a dog it's uh it's sort of what we do and uh, with a human um we usually you know give the benefit of the doubt or like first try to you know like understand what's going on i mean we might eventually end up you know with john's uh, solution you know but but it might take time, right? We will have to be sure that, that this is really like a, a horrible person, you know, and 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 there must be like a repeat, uh, there, there must be an observation, you know, that that uh, over maybe longer periods of time. So I think even in uh, in that case, we can see that we we do have we do make kind of a difference between an animal and a human being, right? But it's a, and and also I wanted to make the point, not uh, not speaking of morality for a moment, but just. You know the 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 basic observation that you know differences between humans and animals, right? So it's hard to just you know like gloss over that. You know even apart from the from the question of moral worth. Um, so that's really like um, I find really strange. You know with the, those you know as Harrison said with this other extreme of animal activists who basically um, pretend there's is, is there's just no difference, right? I mean we just uh, maybe a little bit smarter or whatever. Um, so yeah, even just on the on the phenom phenomenological level, it's uh, it doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, but it, I mean, you guys are right, and I, I think Harrison's uh, question was pretty uh, good. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's not as simple as you know, like uh, an animal has X worth and a human has Y worth, right? It's, I mean, we do kind of um, value our dogs more than some random psycho. You know, it's that's that's for sure. Well, let, let me just say, I'm going to, I've been thinking about what all of you guys have been saying. And I, I like the entire time, like Silence of the Lambs is playing in my mind. So let me like, um, let me try to define the extremes. Because I think the extremes could be found in that scene, in that um, famous scene where um, Clarice is describing the screaming of the lambs. 
Because again, like if you've ever heard a lamb scream, they really do sound human. Like from a distance, the ear, it's very difficult to pick up the difference between a, a young lamb who's being slaughtered or in some way, you know, harassed or whatever, um, and a human child. And so in that scene, Clarice on the one hand is like, again, like this is a fair use of animals, right? They are slaughtering the spring lands for meat for human beings. And this is something that we consider moral to do. And I consider it moral to do. Um, and so like, but Clarice in her emotional, um, she anthropomorphizes these creatures, um, even if it's just at a distance. But when she gets close, she already knows these aren't humans. And yet she tries to free them. She tries to free them from their fate. And so Hannibal Lecter, like being the exact opposite, the psychopath, the psychopath of psychopaths, he looks at this and he relishes it because he understands in his understanding of it, Clarice has misunderstood, not just like the the subject of lambs, but the subject of all life, which is all, again, machine-based, is all automata, is all something to be used for pleasure or at a whim, even. And so you have these, these two kind of archetypal, like, extremes at each other that are faced together. And I agree with you guys that, like, the truth lies somewhere in between those extremes. But as a Christian, and like, and again, if I have any right to call myself a Christian, I would say this. I would say that I would not kill a man who was at my mercy ever. And that is a line I would never cross. Um, and that is something that, and that means Jeffrey Dahmer, yes. It means basically anyone who is at my mercy. If Jeffrey Dahmer's coming at me or Jeffrey Dahmer's coming at my dog, he's fair game. That's the self-defense principle, and I believe that as well. But, like, there's no way that a man who is bound and chained at my mercy, I would kill. That's not so like, the same as an animal, and, like, that so is like, the line. To me, that comes down to a question of, is death the worst thing? And I, like, I think like that, that there's, there's kind of a broad consensus in our society that there's nothing worse than death. You know, this, this horror of death, trying to avoid it for as long as we can and so on. And, you know, in our penal system, for the with the, the exception of a few states in the U.S., you know, the death penalty has been more or less eliminated. But, I mean, personally, I'm not so sure that's the case. I mean, like, okay, so take the example of the dog. You have a mad dog, you bite someone. Uh, do you, and now it's at your mercy, you know, like you can't, it can't attack you or whatever. Um, so what do you do? Do you, do you throw it in the basement and turn the lights out for the rest of its life? I mean, that sounds way, I mean, you can't let it run around the street because it's going to bite people again. It's already demonstrated. That. I, I agree with the dog. Uh, I agree about the dog. The dog right, you can right, put so down. Like, so, right. I mean, I look at someone like Jeffrey Dahmer. And I, I just have the same reaction. And like, you know, I don't, I don't really consider him human. That's, that's kind of an element of it too. Like, I think internally, like his, his soul is not human, something like that. Um, but like locking him up in a cell for the rest of his natural life strikes me as an elaborate and extraordinarily sadistic form of torture, which I actually consider to be like more dehumanizing uh to the torturers than simply removing the problem in addition to being far more expensive i mean with the bullet is like you know pennies whereas you know you're spending a two hundred thousand dollars a year to like you know lock this guy up in maximum security institu institution um but that's kind of a utilitarian argument so to me the moral argument is, is the main thing there which is like you know, what is actually more merciful to do Right. Is like it putting this thing out of its misery or or torturing like psychological torture for the rest of its life. Um, and what I find is a useful heuristic is if utilitarianism somehow lines up well with like what you want to do anyway, and yeah. also seems to line up well with mercy, then it's time to re really take a hard look at the model. Like the way that I see life is trade-offs and like the idea that like something can like somehow agree across so many multiple levels strikes me as dangerous territory. You know, it's like, it's true. Like everything you say, I agree with it's, 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 it's true. Also, 
it can also mean that like you know things are just kind of like aligning and like kind of like the most practical and the most moral direction i mean to to, to edge off to edge off from like um uh the death penalty which is rather fraught uh to something maybe a little bit less fraught like you know lesser offenses like you know theft or you know things like that where we would uh imprison someone for some period of time right and we consider this to be um this is the moral thing to do because we're we're trying to rehabilitate them, but we're also trying to punish them. Everyone kind of gets that having like several years of your life taken away, locked in an institution is is absolutely a horrible form of punishment. Um, and we have question, this idea the question this, though, this, but we have this idea that this is like more more moral than corporal punishment, right? That simply taking uh, someone who's been convicted of a crime behind the courthouse and whipping him or throwing him in the stocks or, or whatever, right? Something which is really painful and is over in, you know, 10 minutes. Uh, and then, okay, you've done, you, you, you know, you paid, you paid the price back into society. You go, don't do that again. You know, we, we, we somehow, we consider that to be barbaric and, and, uh, I didn't use the word barbaric. That's not the reason. No, you didn't. Like, like, you didn't. You, 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 you didn't. I'm just saying, like society in general considers like corporal punishment of that form, which which our you know our civilization used up until like you know like a century ago, uh, to be this kind of barbaric atavism. Um, but I sort of look at that and I'm like, well, you know, that punishment is paid quickly. It's over with. Back, the, you know, the person can go back into society. Uh, there's re good reason to think they've probably learned their lesson because you know it's hard to forget getting caned or something like that. Um, so, so I think I think I think part and, of the lesson and you haven't yeah. you haven't stolen several years of their life, which they can never get back. The time is the one thing which is irreplaceable. Um, and well, maybe yeah. So, so, it, so well, yeah. I mean, that, that it it. Uh, well, not to mention like, that I, I, it doesn't even rehabilitate them. They go into prison. Those, I mean, it's like the conditions are so bad that it's like you. Well, Dahmer was just Dahmer's just killed in prison. Well, right. Dahmer I mean, was just killed in prison. Here's of, another. Here's another of, guy who's in of, prison right of, now. There's a guy of, named Derek Chauvin who was just knifed twenty times by an FBI inf, uh, agent, essentially, uh -huh, while he was uh -huh. in the law library. Okay. Yeah. The, so, like, uh, to get to get back into like what I. The Czech leader of a Mexican drug cartel knifed Derek Chauvin because of black lives. So let me so let me God explain the practical. So let me correct. So let me let me let me explain the practical part of my argument, because again, like I think that in the story of Jesus Christ, we have multiple levels of education that are happening. There are multiple lessons being taught, and one of the lessons in his execution is this: is that once you empower anyone to do that, to kill someone who is at their mercy, there will be mission creep. You know, it may start with Dahmer, but it will not end with him. And like, and 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 if you gentlemen believe as I do that Derek Chauvin, for example, is essentially a scapegoat for empire, and I believe that he is. I'm not comparing him to Jesus Christ. But what I'm saying is, is that like when we empower that ability in others, um, even though we we claim it to ourselves, we say like, well, I may kill Jeffrey Dahmer, but other people may not. Okay, fine. What have you set up? Like, what are you, what, what kind of a system are you exactly building there? What are you encouraging by saying that? And to bring it back to the subject of animals, it's sort of like, there is no court of animals, right? Like John says, a, a mad dog can be put down. Of course, a mad dog can be put down. You could say that a mad dog should be put down. But a mad human, like once once, once we empower that in, in like institutional authorities, we really might be setting ourselves up for our own demise. Like the literally. There is, you know, you can push back on that and go the other way. It's like that. If you start to bring this element of, of mercy, well, we can't do these certain things. We, we must, uh, you know, have this mercy on these violent criminals. Then mission creep goes the other way towards what we have the Soros DAs. Like, you know, it's it's unjust, you know, to uh, put them in to punish them at all. We just need to treat them as mercifully as possible, hamstring the police as much as possible, so the right. police can't possibly violate any of their 
rights and you know they need to have their dignity preserved and then they just get turned back out on the street and now instead of the criminals you know getting you know treated this way it's like they're free to then victimize just regular the people in the community and then everybody has this dysfunctional society where nobody can be secure in their persons or their home or their property or whatever there's no so question like those people side. are insane though but, yeah, but you know, there's I no think... question those people are insane they're, they're insane and they're but actually their their insanity is ultimately self-destructive they're destroying they're destroying the city that i live in like i i i go back and forth about what i should do because like there's a part of me that's sort of like you know it's like oh great i have front row seats at like leviathan and his latest experiments and then there's another part of me that just says fucking run but like the idea here is that like the 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 ways of punishment right like i agree like like first of all like the the what daniel says is absolutely correct i'm just not sure if it's a natural outgrowth of say something like i do not have the right to kill someone at my mercy like that is that, that seems saying. like it, at my mercy is the most important part of that i'm not saying you don't have the right to kill someone who is presenting an act of threat but like, what what does it what do when we empower? As an active threat, though. I mean, you have some people. It's just this is just a. Let's a, put it this way: maybe, maybe I have the right. No matter where they are, to whoever's around them, and so then at that Look, point, I literally, yeah, I literally do have the right to kill Jeffrey Dahmer if I see him in the street. In the sense that if I have the means to do it, I can do it. And that's on me. That's on my soul. That's that is something that I will have to deal with. Um, when we say, when we outsource it to an authority, to experts like the police, to experts like the courts, that's where it starts to become tricky. Yeah, but, but, because but it's just, it, you know, like yeah, I but, can kill and that is my sin. No, but, but like if we you, outsource, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're onto something there, Mark, because that's basically what I wanted to say too. Because I think the problem is when we're discussing these things, I mean, um, it's not really um, a big practical help, but I think um the problem is that we we think in terms of systems right of uh, basically like technocratic institutions and courts and uh, rules and and that's part of the issue i think because um we can go on you know like uh, forever about like which rule is true should we in case x should we kill you know person y or should we should the rule be we should never kill you know, um, unless self-defense and these are all like abstract rules. And, um, and I think right, that's what I mean. It's my rule. It's my rule. It's my own rule. Yeah. And that, that's, if you, if you speaking about yourself, then it's obviously not just an abstract rule because then your, your soul is involved. But, you know, I think we, we probably should uh, think of these, uh, in about the, this stuff more in terms of like a community, like a small community where you have like a, a chieftain or whatever, you know, and, and, and the community kinds of kind of things in each individual case, you know, like what, what is the best course of action here? Right. And, and, uh, you can imagine all kinds of situations where this or that, you know, uh, might be appropriate and, and you won't have this mission creep in, in either direction, right? Because it's like an organic thing because, you know, I, I can think of, uh, examples where it would be absolutely uh, warranted to, you know, just kill somebody who's like, um, wrecking your whole community. And, uh, and perhaps even, you know, if we think of maybe there, there is no way to imprison the guy, you know, I mean, what do you do then? You know, I mean, it's like, uh, drive him out maybe, but if that, you know, is not a feasible solution. So, I mean, it's like it's morality and, and these kinds of questions are just very local, very organic and very specific in, in like, you have to look at the whole context. Right. And, and that's part of the problem, you know, when we, we, uh, discussing about the death penalty and stuff, because there's, you can always like, um, come up with situations and whatever, but the, the problem is that this technocratic organization of of uh, of the justice system, right? And 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 in that, you know, like a, a, something like the death penalty, it just it doesn't it it doesn't fit, right? Because it's like um, how can you make general rules, you know, about life and death? It's just something um, that is really like almost well, impossible. I think, I think you can, and I think it's actually really important for any, especially like large society, really any society, there have to be like sort of understood general rules, right? Because if you don't have that, then you'll start to have the perception of 
sort of arbitrary decisions and favoritism and uh, special treatment and such, which then engenders resentments and starts to break things down. People are very sensitive, even like small children are extremely sensitive to fairness, to kind of the, you know, the, the idea that, you know, the, a, a, a basic rule is being applied to everyone. It's, it's being applied in an even-handed fashion. That said, if that becomes inflexible, uh, that's where you start to run into like you know, tyranny and um, of another kind. So you really you need both. Is kind of the point that I'm getting. Like you need to have those general rules, but you need to have those rules implemented by people who are able to exercise human discretion to like look at the actual specifics of the situation and recognize when you know maybe the um like it 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 fulfills all of the like you know, checks all the boxes for some kind of punishment but actually given other extenuating circumstances maybe you kind of look the other way or you show some mercy or whatever right and if you if you take out that human element you just have this kind of purely technocratic machine law then it just it becomes intolerable but if you get rid of the law entirely you pretty much end up with warlordism um is, it, is there like a isn't there a bit of a contradiction because before you were saying like you were kind of almost saying it was almost a mercy in order to kill a Dahmer because he's not even human so it's just really so is it punishment or mercy like what what are we oh, really well, talking like, about yeah i mean like okay, it's well, just I mean, like you can't have it both ways you can't you can't say like well it's it's torture to keep him in a cage forever what i mean it is <laughs> like, say with, i'm saying it's like and on, on the one hand you're saying that it's torture to keep him in a cage uh forever but on the other hand then you're saying like it's a mercy it's it's it you know that that somehow it's also a punishment because I do think we, punishment is important. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not abandoning the concept of punishment. It, it, it absolutely is. But the, you know, this is like you know, it's like I mean, so if we're talking about like death penalty, usually that's applied to like murder or something, right? So you know, you can imagine the legal system that says like, well, you're convicted of murder. I mean, he will, he, will he, he will die eventually. He will die. He he will die eventually in custody. Right. He did. Right. Other but people have so, died. Mark, like Mark, Mark, yeah. Mark, start putting it up. So what I'm saying is like, you know, you need to have that human element in the decision-making process where like, you know, you like, say you have the death penalty for murder, for example, but you've got like, you know, judges uh, who are able to sort of like, you know, look at it, the specifics of it and sort of say, well, you know, maybe in this particular instance, actually this was, you know, a justified killing or, they're, you know, there are extenuated circumstances. So we're not actually going to kill you specifically, even though we could, you know, like you, you basically, you have to have an avenue for mercy in the system mercy being the suspension of judgment right being like you know this rule could be this law could be applied to you this punishment could be applied to you but we're not going to right but you like know level, but, but, but level, usually, it's, like, it's like you know like you, you you know say like you know uh you're in a polity that has like really strict drug laws and like you know on like technically according to the books if you're caught with like an ounce of marijuana you could go to jail for you know 10 years or something right and then like you know the cop catches some you know teenager with like a baggie of, of weed and like kind of like you know takes the weed away throws it into the bush tells the kid to go home doesn't book him because like he doesn't want to ruin the kid's life like he's exercising that level of discretion showing him mercy you know um whereas in the if you had the kind of you, the, the the purely technocratic system where the cops walking around he's got like uh, a permanent live feed from like a, a body cam that he's wearing, you know, goes and sends everything to like the AI and the AI just kind of says, Oh, yep. We detected like 10 years in jail, you know, but, but John, the thing is what usually happens in, in technocratic societies, you know, which basically is like you get automatically if you, if you um, erect these kinds of uh, justice systems, right. Is that, you know, it's, it, you, you actually, you you don't have a human authority that can suspend rules rather you come up with ever new rules right so if it's less than three grams you know then it's okay or like in the case of you know like there's a mercy clause 
if x y you know is uh, is the case and and stuff like that and it all gets like um uh, more convoluted and and it can also lead to like uh, like basically anarchy if like um the laws get like scaled back and uh, because people say oh um yeah so there were a bunch of people who were uh, received the death penalty you know which unlawfully and so now we scale back and so it, it's like really what you want to have is is like you know the 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 village sheriff kind of type you know like back in the days that can say like oh yeah i know this guy you know like i know his background and i know he you know his his wife died last year and yeah i should probably by law i should put him in jail now because he did something but uh yeah i i give him a chance i know he won't do that you know probably again so that sort of thing right where you can actually like that's that's exactly that's exactly what i'm describing yeah that's yeah exactly i know yeah, it's, it's so, like you're having that human element there and like because like yeah it was, it but, but like, like almost like a, a totalitarian human element right which can like dole out law on the spot so to say right like the village sheriff you know who can basically uh um be the law well, well but i like, mean i mean I, I'm not this is this it. is what i was getting at luke like it, it, i was it, saying it, like maybe it. i was a member of a posse like in the in the in the 19th century and i'm i'm and i'm riding i'm riding hard to like find these villains and these outlaws and yeah i'm gonna shoot like i'm gonna shoot on sight perhaps um you know these are horse thieves and they're shooting back uh or maybe maybe i even shoot before they shoot at me but again like this is this is this is my decision in other words like it, it would be my sin like in other words it, it's mine to decide in a strange yeah, not, way not, like that's not, how it's different just, than you're animals not, you're not displacing it into like a or or a different mark from like the technocracy right you're not like displacing it into the system like saying oh like, i'm so saying that no, the technocratics there's no, there's, the tech, there's no yeah. more you're not, yeah you're not, you're not saying like oh there's like no moral culpability on me for the actions because it was the system that did it i'm, I'm just asked, acting on the system's behalf so it's, it's, correct it's, correct john that's that's ownership. what i was getting at yeah, i'm moving right. i'm moving the responsibility right. to myself i think that's very important actually because i think like when only when you accept that responsibility for your own actions can those actions right i may do it possible like and like you know, and you're, frankly, you're more, more likely to be merciful if you're kind of taking it on your own soul, right? Um, but just quickly go back to the kind of village totalitarianism, because um, I found that interesting. Uh, those sort of societies, like the village sheriff, right? Like, I mean, he's got a lot of latitude, and he can maybe be a bit of a tyrant, depending. But I mean, it's not arbitrary. Like everyone kind of understands that, you know. For instance, no, I mean, yeah, um, for sure, and yeah, like. You know, if you get caught cattle rustling, well, you know, that's a hanging offense, right? Uh, or like horse feeding or whatever, hanging offense. Like, that, that, and it's, it's generally understood that that's, you know, that can be done to you for that crime. But like, you know, uh, forgetting to tip the prostitute at the brothel, you know, like that's that's probably not, you know, if you get, if you get hanged for that, people in the village are going to be like, whoa, that's going a little far, and like, you know, then probably you do that enough and you're going to engender sort of resentment and a resistance from the population who are ultimately going to try and push you out so it isn't like really an absolute power i mean there's this kind of like you have to act within the bounds of what is what is considered acceptable. There, has, there has to be like a, a broadly speaking a legal framework and i think this is what you were describing in, in terms of mercy like there are there are limits to what the law can can enforce or or do, but and I think I think that's important, especially in a in a society that like like in societies like ours that aren't small community based. There needs to like I think that like I think history has shown that you need a legal framework, but how that legal framework is first structured and then how it is implemented is kind of an open question, and there are ver there are various options and and uh, and ways of putting it into effect. But it's the so you have like the what what is allowed from a from a like law enforcement perspective, um, but so there are limits to what the the sheriff can do. There are limits placed on the the extent of the sheriff's powers, but he has the the he also has the capacity and the and even this could be like um, enshrined legally the capacity for mercy, the capacity to exercise his own judgment to say, well, no, this like like, like you were saying, I could do this in this situation, but given the circumstances, I'm going to choose not to. 
And so I think that's, that's probably an important, I think that is an important part of, of just um, human, humans living together and, and trying to solve their own problems. I think that's an important element in, in just human interaction, that capacity for that, that, that aspect of, of context and, uh, and human decision-making on the part of the person that is, that, that everyone kind of agrees or most people agree, you know, or the vast majority agree is the person we've kind of given that power. And cause I think that's, that's how we operate. We do, we do have that kind of vill village sheriff mentality for the most part. We say, okay, well, they're, they're, I'm not, I'm not always going to be the sheriff. Sometimes I am sometimes if the circumstances are, are uh, um, I'd be a deputy. There are certain circumstances, right? Yeah, I, I'm going to self-deputize myself because in the circumstances, that's going to that that's kind of what the situation requires. And even then, mm. the sheriff can come along and say, "Oh, well, yeah, that was you did the right thing. We needed some. We needed in in this circumstance, that was the right thing to do. I'm not going to to penalize you for taking the law into your own, own hands because if I was there, I would have done it. And you know, I, I understand the circumstances, right? Just, so yeah, really, I just don't want to be clear, like because like, Harrison, that's important because like this is I don't want to be misunderstood, like like I, as some kind of like pussy who's just sort of like oh there should the 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 state shouldn't execute people. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is is that we shouldn't outsource morality to the state. And we shouldn't outsource moral decisions to the state and to its experts and to its agents because I don't trust them, quite frankly. To move to, and move like to the, a the, higher the level. Fact, hold on. To move to a higher level. Of wait, wait. Let me let me finish my point because, like, okay. I want to talk I'm about gonna, outsourcing gonna, because because I'm going to build on that point. Okay, but like, let me just finish really quickly because I want to bring back to animals for for a second. I was thinking about like the outsourcing to the grocer, the outsourcing to the butcher, the outsourcing to the agricultural giant that like that that sort of like runs this entire distribution network of meat that arrives to us that arrives to us in a form that's not at all like the animal that it came from that we didn't hunt that we didn't that we have no responsibility for we just outsource everything even the outsource of like the the idea of like okay so animals are suitable for our use i agree but like, but again, like the idea of endlessly outsourcing like those moral decisions to entities that are like way beyond our local sphere of action, way beyond what we can do directly, right? It's just sort of like, I see things like the death penalty the same way, like in the sense, you know, and, and just to some degree to like the entire idea of organized law enforcement to the same way. I'd be much more comfortable in the sheriff village model where I deputize or self-deputize because again, like this, this maps the responsibility back to me. This puts the, this puts the onus on me to decide. And if I decide wrong, then God will judge me. Right? Like that is, that is the authority system that I am talking about. I am not talking about like going through intermediaries up through a scale. I'm saying if I do wrong and I may do wrong and I have done wrong and I will continue to uh, sin in a variety of ways, I will break my oaths, I'm sure. But like my point is, is that they are my oaths and they are my rules to break. And like once I begin to, you know, put that onus outside of me and hire people essentially to go and do my dirty work, then then I feel like I I might be an automata. I might be like more in that model of like, okay, well, well, I'm just I, I'm just out for my own interests and comforts in the moment, and that's it. And like, you know, I'm not willing to cede that ground to Descartes or any fucking body. You know, I am I am the one who decides, you know, I am the one who knocks. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's my oh, that's that's, well that's my opinion on breaking well bad, Mark, breaking bad. This a, nice. This, this is gonna say very well said, Mark, because it's like that's what's missing from a lot of this stuff uh, is like that uh, having skin in the game, and probably a reason why. I mean, I, I don't know. It's kind of like a unavoidable paradox when people live in these cities and have social arrangements where everything's so impersonal. Because you know, you get these DAs that let's say let people off, but they're which is actually kind of funny now that some of the stories that have come out about either these DAs or family members of the DAs that have been carjacked, for example, 
you know, it's like, well, the chicken's coming home to roost, but that happens so rarely. And then, of course, hilarious. Really behind that, the George Soros is of the world. You know, they're, they're above it all, so they can just manipulate everything, you know, like a the snake that he is and, you know, not have to deal with, at least not in the here and now, you know, any consequences for unleashing, you know, narco-tyranny for people. But, uh, but definitely there's a difference. And this is where, you know, the you brought up the time that into like factory farming, for example, like how we outsource it to, um, Disney, you know, the difference between like a farmer, a hunter gatherer, like, you know, kills an animal and shows some respect for it, for the act of killing and recognizes there's something happening there versus, you know, somebody working in a slaughterhouse, like I was in the army with a guy who was a vegetarian and I'd asked him why, cause you know, you take a job where you may have to kill people and you know, but he wouldn't eat meat. And he's like, well, he worked in a Sarah Lee slaughterhouse briefly and says like the screams of the pigs was just, you know, too much. And like, you know, I mean, every now and again, you'll see those videos. And I, I know I have where you, know, you see a video of like those PETA videos of undercover and a factory farm and, you know, see the conditions and then you say, well, shit, man, I'm supporting this by buying, you know, meat or whatever. Um, and there's kind of like that, I don't know. I, th- I think there's like a modern Bailey going on where, you know, you can point to something like that. That's an extreme, but then there's this whole thing smuggled in with the uh, Peter Singer morality of uh, equating humans and animals where it's not pro animals. Let's improve a lot of animals so much as it is anti-human and it's motivated by this hatred of humanity. It's like, who are we to put ourselves on this pedestal there's nothing fucking sacred about us like you should just debase yourself by having sex with the animal like that's i think there's a spirit like that behind this whole thing you know even to to, to bring up the subject of you know don't, having sex don't with eat, animals don't it's, eat animals Fuck them. yeah it's not even it's not even about like we're gonna make i'll sell the meat better. locally like, sell it next door yeah well, and that's, you know, that's, that's funny. Uh, it, just a side note with that, that I told a committee's <laughs> remark. I remember hearing that, you know, people talking about Morrissey, but like the Smiths back in the eighties, it's like, you know, I don't know. Morrissey's this kind of vegan animal rights guy, but I remember hearing like, oh, Morrissey is, uh, you know, he's basically MAGA, you know, England's version of MAGA. Now he's just far right winger. Like that was the thing. I said, that's kind of weird. I mean, you know, not that I have a problem with it. It's like, as we've seen with the stuff going on in Ireland, it's like, yeah, you know, there's a good thing about putting your own people in your own country, like interests um, up there. Mor- Morrissey is the most based but- vegan ever. Morrissey is the most based vegan who's ever lived. Yeah. I, I don't understand him, but like, it's true what you're saying. Like, continue. Like, it's weird though, right? Because it's just sort of like, you wouldn't expect yeah, that. Well, but the thing is, though, it's like, dude is based. Point to a certain other mid century vegetarian is probably, you know, like, not going to go there. Well, but here's the thing with Morrissey, though, is like, when people would say this about him, you know, he's this uh, this far right winger. He's like, you know, basically MAGA and, and you know, in England, he's pro Brexit. He's all this stuff. And then you find I find out that like, well, the reason for that was just basically this issue of the way halal meat is slaughtered, and he didn't like that, and he didn't like the way it, Islamic attitudes towards animals are, and so that's why he's you know anti this sort of globalization and 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 the Islamification of Britain. No, like you know that really changes i again not to say that i would have had a problem if he was just like hey the british people are, are the english are being replaced or i guess he's irish even so it's like we're being replaced you know if, he, if that was his rationale but instead it's like the way it's misrepresented you know that it's like they they put this argument out there don't even characterize or frame his position properly anyway so it's just kind of like that i, I feel like there's a lot of that with this the media the bank, mischaracterizing you know. people's yeah. positions. Anyway. When did that happen? I don't know if you guys saw, but and it's just a quick interjection. NS Lyons, the China conversions guy, we, we talked about his uh, essay a few months ago. Um, so, like, there was a hit piece in the Atlantic about all the Nazis, the Nazi problem on Substack, um, by this guy, Jonathan Katz, <laughs> in like one of the footnotes, because he mentions NS Lyons, who, you know, if you read, the China conversions. I mean, I'm pretty sure 
like he's not a card carrying member of the National Socialist German Workers Party. I'm just going out on the limb, you know. But uh, Katz was like, um, yeah, so, you know, no one knows what the, the initials NS stand for, but, you know, in right wing circles, like NS is frequently used as an abbreviation for National Socialism. <laughs> Yeah, say what you want about that's national socialism, yeah. dude. At least it's oh, a thought. Oh, it's When I read that, I, I was like, just that this can't be, you know. Yeah. But, uh, the, 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 the level of stupid is a, Yeah. But like, I, I, yeah. So we should we should wrap up soon. So I, I, yeah, I just had one, one thing that I wanted one, to. Kind of, oh no. Yeah. Do you yeah. Want, I've got one point too. Do you want to go first? I, I think I do want to wrap fairly up. quick. I think I need, yeah, we, okay. yeah, we should, we should wrap up soon. Let's make our, make our final points. Um, okay. Yeah. So like with the whole thing about the law and the kind of personal touch in it, um, I think, you know, in our society, I think a, a lot of it comes down to like, you know, what are the metaphors, the ambient metaphors that are kind of like instinctively applied and in our society, it tends to be the machine, you know, like the law is a giant machine. Uh, the economy is a giant machine. Politics is a giant machine. And the the impetus that we always have, which uh, connects in a weird way to the kind of Descartian shrinkage of of the human uh, as an element, is to remove the human as much as possible from the operation of the machine, with the result being that you ultimately have this giant, complex, lumbering machine operating without any human input whatsoever as the kind of ideal that we're more or less unconsciously always trying to implement, you know, and, and, you know, bringing in AI into that discussion is pretty easy as well, because like, of course, you know, that's the whole idea with AI is like, oh, we'll just like eliminate human agency entirely. We'll just be all the, the machine running itself. And this will be, this will be perfect. This will, there won't be any room for human error. It will all, uh, be completely fair, you know, and also completely inflexible and blind and stupid because it will never be able to to see when you know maybe the rules should be bent a little bit because like the specific situation, whether we're talking law, whether we're talking in you know uh, in the workplace or or whatever, like you know, should uh, that it would. That it would be unjust to apply the law as written. Like when you remove the human element, it's impossible to um, impossible to recognize those situations where justice requires that the law be ignored, right? Uh, and yeah, just final thought that just occurred to me actually is like you know with the Pauline Christianity, right? Where like his whole thing was like um, moving beyond blind following of the law because once you've sort of, you know, found the spirit of god like you know you can you can intuit what justice is in a given situation without just kind of like you know mechanically reading what the law is um and this is something which only humans can do i don't think animals can do that at all so mm -hmm. just to connect it to that that's yeah that's all i really want to say so I just had one thought um, that specifically this is in reference to the, the to the death penalty is that it doesn't seem like the issue is any particular law and whether that law goes in one direction or the other, um, not necessarily, but that the that it's something that's that the the laws well that is almost irrelevant compared to something else which is um, I don't know if we've come up with a name for it, but I'll, I'll give an example because you can have a country that has the death penalty on the books and one that where the death penalty is uh, forbidden. And yet, if you look at the state in both cases, um, they don't care. If the if there's no death penalty, this and if the state wants someone dead, they're going to do it off the books. Um, and, you know, the law be damned. You can have a country with that doesn't officially have a uh, a death penalty and the state organs will still assassinate someone they'll still find a way to kill them whether abroad or or domestically and so that that issue is kind of the that practice will happen regardless of the form of the laws 
And I think so that's that that's a sign that points to there being something else, something something deeper, something just something else in addition to or underlying the law that is that is the problem. And I think that's this kind this might kind of get to some of the things that Mark was saying about about this um well, um, that I think all of us have been talking about. We've mentioned like te technocracy and the kind of giving over our our responsibility to a, a, to an external um, source, whether that be like the state or, or something else. So I, I just think that there's probably a, a, a much bigger and longer discussion we could have about this that would get into all kinds of other uh, other facets of, of human life, because even when it comes to the particular laws, you know, that's one discussion, but what people actually do is a whole nother one. That's all I had to say. Which bringing up is kind of, you know, reminds me of how no, uh, President Obama got this Nobel Peace Prize and then drone strikes American citizens like shortly thereafter. But uh, no, you know, it goes to like the heart of moral reasoning and, and these kind of like these different articulations people have had, you know, whether like Kantian deontological ethics or like uh, utilitarianism or natural law or, you know, virtue ethics or whatever. And just kind of like how none of them capture the whole thing. They all kind of point towards some reality beyond them and give, but each one of them, if you take them to just in isolation as an ex, to an extreme, I mean, they'll lead to some extreme places where, you're justifying kind of stuff that doesn't really seem moral. And so, you know, with like utilitarianism is one that a lot of a certain type of person is very fond of to the exclusion of other moral considerations. And, you know, you wind up with this sort of place where they yeah, justify having sex with animals, you know, um, but not eating them because, you know, you should have the same an animal has the same moral worth according to my utilitarian calculus a rat has the same moral worth as a human boy you know so therefore it's like well but you know where that's going to lead is the human boy is seen as having no real moral worth so why not kill him if he's a nuisance so anyway uh sorry luke yeah. you probably are more eloquent than me no i i just wanted to wrap it up because uh, i think we have uh uh we have illuminated quite a few aspects of this whole issue so it was was really good and uh yeah i mean just to, to about the utilitarianism i think it's like very attractive to a certain type and it it is all it's like a pretense you know that you can reduce ethics to something like very straightforward and manageable and uh and that's the the attractive illusion about it, right? And that's what 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 is its appeal. And uh, to my mind, you know, the more I th I think about morality, it's like I always come down to this, uh, come back to this issue that it's it's really something that has uh, like an infinitely deep context, right? It's a uh, obviously like you have to have rules and stuff uh, for functioning society, but that's more or less a utilitarian thing right you just have to do that because otherwise it doesn't work but when it comes to like you know like this moral decisions it's like yeah it's it's just doesn't work according to hard and fast rules um that's what i think anyway um thanks everybody for listening and uh hope to see you soon uh hopefully next week for another tonic discussion and remember kids don't have sex with animals yeah and don't. thanks by the way don't uh, do it uh, oh, yeah. and one, Dude, one, one final, kill one the final note. Sell the meat to the neighboring village. That's one final note because I, I was, <laughs> I was looking at a quote uh, from Saint Francis of Assisi. Uh, if you have men who exclude any of God's creatures from the shelter of compassion and pity, you will have men who will deal likewise with their fellow men. Mm. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, good. We'll see you later. See you later.